Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mean Old Lion Media presents Wardrobe Boss. Hey there, I'm glad you're joining us on season two of the Wardrobe Boss podcast. I am Eliza Perla, your hostess. I am the Wardrobe Boss, and I'm here to chat about personal styles, successful mindsets, and living your best authentic life today. I created this podcast to share my professional knowledge of fashion style and home organization in hopes that my guest and I can provide some valuable takeaways and we can all live a styled life together. Uh, today, we will journey into the world of an esteemed journalist turned clothing designer. Art Franklin is a multiple Emmy award-winning journalist whose career spans more than 35 years. Art, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking out the time uh, to join me today. Eliza, thank you so much for allowing me to be here with you. It is a pleasure and already a, a, an esteemed honor to be with you. And I love what you have on, by the way. That looks oh, good. thank you. Yeah. I like what you have on, too. Too bad the, they can't <laughs> see us, right? Um, all right. Tell me the story of how you go from reporting from the Pentagon to designing a men's clothing and accessories line. That's quite a change, right? Well, well, fortunately, a number of years happened in between that. I, um, I spent that time covering the Pentagon and covering the Persian Gulf War when I was a military affairs correspondent at Wavy TV in Norfolk, Virginia, in the Hampton Roads area. That was in the mid-1980s into the, the very first part of 1991 before I moved from, from Hampton Roads to Birmingham. During that whole time, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always wanted to do things outside of the, the realm of journalism. There were other things that I wanted to do. I don't think that we come in onto this earth to just do one thing, you know? Journalism is great. I, I, I believe in being the voice of the voiceless and, and providing the stories. And in many cases, the stories about us that weren't told the way they should have been told and stories, untold stories about us, which is the reason why I wanted to be a journalist in the first place. But beyond that, I, I, I always put myself in other areas. In fact, I had a, a Neo Soul record label called 285 Records in Atlanta uh, many years ago. And then I had always talked about doing something in fashion. There was a designer who was on Project One Way. His name is Edmund Newton in Atlanta. Made it to Fashion Week. He's doing some great things. And, and he and I always talked about doing some things together. And it just so happened that it finally came to fruition here in Birmingham when I was coming from a meeting at there's a Birmingham Association of Black Journalists meeting in an area called Inslee. It's uh, a, a, a community of Black folks that really... Um, has been overlooked in many places, in many ways. But there are black businesses, there are strong black businesses and, and beautiful families that we wanted to highlight. And so as I'm talking to the person I was talking to there, and I said, hey, I've got to go do some, get some, some, some tailoring work done. I bought these new suits. And the young lady told me, she said, there's a tailor around the corner here in Inslee. So I said, well, if there's a tailor around the corner here in Inslee, I want to make sure that I put my money there in a store where people look like me. And so I went there. We talked, long story short, while I was there, I just happened to mention that I wanted to do some things, tie line. People had always complimented my ties and things of that nature. And he said, if you're serious, let's really talk. Call me up 
Um, a little bit after that, we got serious, and it led into a clothing line with ties, bow ties, custom shirts, and custom suits. And the, the whole goal, really, Eliza, was to make people, to push people into the store in this community of people who look like me, because I, I think so often we go to all the other places, but we don't come into our stores. And that was my goal, was to push people into his store, because I had somewhat of a name in this community that my brand could help facilitate some foot traffic in his store. That's great. I like that you wanted to use your platform for something bigger. And I agree with you a thousand percent. I don't think we're born to do one thing. I wasn't told as a child, you know, you're good at this. You're good at that. I think when we're encouraged from anybody, from the community, right? Doesn't just have to be a parents. Parents have enough to do, right? But when you're encouraged by the community and the people around you and what you're good at, I, I believe in that too. I never just wanted to do one thing. In fact, there were three things I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And, um, and this is not one of them having a podcast. <laughs> My own radio skills kind of kick in, right? And, you know, and the whole purpose is that I do have something to say. I do have something to share and I am an expert in something that I feel can help people. And so I love that you wanted to use that and yes, and bring um, awareness to these businesses that don't get supported as much. And, and I agree with that. Um, I think that we do need to s- support all small business owners because everyone's so busy running to Gucci and this and that. And that's why I like to help other people learn about, well, do you know about this person? Like you said, oh, you're going to Atlanta, you got to go to this store. You're going to Birmingham, you know, you have to go to this store. I don't know if you know who Leroy Thompson is, Dr. Leroy Thompson. I, I think he's in Alabama. Like his clothing, he is in his 80s. Like his clothes are, I look at him sometimes on TV and I'm like, this man, his clothes, I, it just makes me so happy. So yeah, I love that. And he too talks about his tailor and he is like, you know, I want, this is my tailor's name and you know, you should know that. And I, I think that's awesome. The heroes are usually behind the scenes. I'm just saying. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you- you're right. And, and, and along those lines, in finding what works too was important because there was a certain look that I wanted to make sure that was a part of the Art Franklin collection. You know, yes, I am a professional. I, I, I want people to see that they can be professional in the types of, in the colors that they wear, the styles that they wear. But also there are times for you for you to be relaxed. So we got some other things coming. Can you talk about mm-hmm. the evolution of your own personal style and where your appreciation of fashion comes from? Oh, yes. And, and, and some people may laugh about this. I mean, I'm a Detroiter. I'm a native Detroiter. And Detroiters have their own style. Trust me, I've never owned a pair of gators, but, <laughs> but that's part of the, <laughs> the Detroit right. style when you think about um Right there, Detroit and Chicago, that whole Midwestern flair and, and what goes on there. So I think my first influence was actually my older brother. He's three years older than I am. And he was just really just impeccable about his dress, watching the way that he put his his, his sweaters out, the way he lined up his pants and the color scheme in the closet, you know, light to dark, all of, you know, all the way across, so you can, it's easy to pick out what you what you needed, and I think that was my very first influence. And then as you, you you move around, living in New York, living in Miami, living in Atlanta, living in L.A., living in Washington D.C., so I've got a chance to get a lot of different influences, and then traveling the world. I mean, Italy, France, Spain, 
Puerto Rico, uh, which is a, U- a U.S. territory, but uh, down in the Caribbean, throughout the Caribbean and in the Middle East and in Japan, but to, to travel the world. So you get a little bit of everything. So all of those pieces of, of life, those slices of life and the people and the culture and the colors and the flavor. When you're in Cuba and you see the colors of Cuba and in the midst of ruins and see beauty, all of those things influence um, what you feel about fashion. And so that all of those things help to shape my thoughts about what I wanted to be the Art Franklin Collection. That's great. You know, I just got something because most people, I think when you ask them, it can be anyone, like, where did you get your style from? Someone who's stylish. They all, most of the time, it was a family member. It was somebody else. And um, like, I like that because that says something about, about us too, right? Because you brought me all the way back to, you know, those kind of men who would iron their pants to have creases in it. And, and it's like, where did that man go? Please don't let him die. We're going to talk about that later because I do have a question for you along those lines. Um, so I'm glad that we're talking about it. I think most people don't uh, usually associate like a lead television anchor with great style. And you clearly don your own brand of polish. Um, I like that you wear bold ties and bold colors. Um, as a journalist who's been on television daily for more than three decades. Did you feel a need to stand out as far as style? Absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, I wanted to represent my community well. You know, I I think that as a journalist, not only did I need to be good as a journalist and excellent in what I do, because so often we we don't get a chance to do what we what we what we do. Two percent of of the black two uh, percent of the anchors in the country are black males. Two percent of the main primetime anchors are black males. So when you get that platform, you've got to be good at what you do. You got to get there early. Like work starts at two, I'm there at one thirty because I want to represent well. And also when I'm on television, I've got to make sure that when when you see me that I'm professional, but I'm also going to stand out from everybody else because I have to bring my own swag, my own flavor, my own culture to what I do, because that's a part of the representation as well. But I also, someone else that I noticed, and this is when I was in Atlanta, she's retired now. Monica Kaufman was the queen of Atlanta, the first woman in television in Georgia, and the first black woman, she was a queen of, uh, of that market. But Monica, Monica would always do things and they were bold colors and they would stand out. She would change the hairstyle. The one time Monica had green hair, <laughs> you know, she had green hair. But what you did, you would notice her and turn to her. So what she did, she brought the attention to her. But once you came to her, you knew that she she knew what she was doing. So sometimes you had to stand out in order for people to take notice of you. And then you capture them with what you do as a professional. And so, yes, I wanted to make sure that when I was on air, that I did not look like the everyday stale, in my opinion, look on, on television. I can be professional and be stylish at the same time. And people notice that. They do. That was one of the first things I noticed about you. I noticed your bold colored ties and pocket squares. And I appreciated mm-hmm. that right away. And that's why I wanted to ask you that. I was like, I wonder if he wanted to stand out because you're right. And that, you know, rarely do you stand out unless you're like a nightline or something like that. And even then, mm-hmm. it's just a tad of a standout. So I appreciated you injecting color into right a palette that really rarely has color. And I always watch the anchors in New York. I have a bit more of appreciation for them because they're starting to get it. 
Like they're bringing their own style. They're bringing their own swag. They're using pop of color. Like they're using everything they should be using. And I appreciate it because you can tell when people get sloppy on air and they do. It happens. You know, I'm sure you've seen it. So it's nice to see people still trying to keep that up and trying because you're representing the public and you are representing that city. So, you know, when other people look at you from other cities, you're representing them. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's important to stand out. Um, and, and Liza, I think it's also important that people people expect you to look good when they turn on the television. Television is a visual medium, you know? Um, radio, we hear the voices. The voices are great. But when you, if I'm watching on television, I expect to see someone who is well put together. And take a look at being a restaurant, a bar traveling in the airport and and you see people watching or reading and doing everything else but they look up at a television set and if you stand out you grab their attention so you get the opportunity to get them to watch what you're doing and maybe they'll come back they'll make an appointment to see you the next time so it's important because people have an expectation from the visual medium that you need to look good people even tell you Physical appearance matters. And not just what you wear, but your physical appearance matters. Your hair needs to be right. Your makeup, and even men, yes, your makeup needs to be right. Because right. we don't wear the same amount of makeup that you would wear, but we still have to make sure that when those bright lights are on us in an HD environment, something needs to be on that face so that we're not looking at all the different you know, pimples and everything else on the face. And the truth is that we don't think about this, right? But people do want to know what a well-dressed person has to say. They're going mm-hmm. to tune in. They're going to want to know. If somebody stopped in the middle of anywhere and says, oh, I have something to say and you look good, everybody's going to stop and look at you. But get up there looking crazy and say, uh, I have to, can I have everyone's attention? They're going to turn around and say, here's another crazy person. Facts. Facts, Eliza, facts. It's true, I'm just saying. (laughs) You know, I've noticed that some men, and I get it too, but I've noticed that some men feel more comfortable approaching a woman when they want to elevate their style. And I think that's because they can be intimidated by other well-dressed gentlemen because (laughs) it is intimidating. What's more intimidating than a well-dressed man? You know, it it can be a little bit intimidating to anybody. So when men come to you and want to look like you, how do you guide them? Find out what it is that they like, because I think you, I think it's important, first of all, for you to understand what their personality is. And then once you understand what their personality is, then you can get them to be comfortable in their own skin wearing the clothes that they fit. Then after you get them comfortable, then you say, now let's get you out of your comfort zone. Let's try something different. Let's put on, let's try a new color. If you always wear black, you always wear blue, Let's throw in a little red or let's put some orange in here. Uh, orange. I don't wear orange. Well, but if we just put a tad bit of color in your pocket square or in your tie, look at what it does and how it would make you feel. Because when you're being complimented throughout the day, oh, you look so good. I love the way that looks on you. You might get noticed. And if you weren't, if you didn't have a significant other, you might start getting somebody interested in being that person. <laughs> so, so you got, you just got to get them comfortable at where they are. And then you introduce something new to them. And it's, a, it's an easy conversation. I, I don't think it's as intimidating. Men today, we talk more to one another than we did in our father's days. You know, you know, they didn't do a lot of talking. They kept to themselves. They dealt with their own problems internally. They did not sit down and, 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 and realize that, that there were other brothers who had gone through the same types of things that they were going through and were, that they could be vulnerable without being weak. 
that they can be vulnerable so that they can find strength. And I think I think that's the what we're finding, even in clothes that brothers will tell you, man, I like that. People will talk to I was in a in 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 a in a, in a store trying on some shoes and this brother came up, said, Man, I love the way you look on TV. I love your ties. I love this and that. And you always dress nice and has like, well, but where you get that? He said, man, you know what, you know, you always have great style. But did you know about this place? And then he told me about this place. It was a it was a dot com that where you can get suits at a very low price and they were custom made for you. And that we were sharing. We we're in the store sharing information. So I think we talk more than we did, Eliza, before. So some of those old stereotypes, are, have, we can knock those out, out, out the box because they don't exist anymore. We talk to one another about fashion. We expect to look good. And if we see somebody else looking good, we will compliment them. That's really encouraging because I, I'd like to see that. I want to keep seeing that. I want to see, you know, men who didn't necessarily come up like that, like really evolve into what it is now and not have to stay back there in some mindset that never served us from the beginning, right? And not have mm-hmm. to live in the lies that whatever you were taught, you were learned, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters mm-hmm. is where are you now? What And what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about where you're going? And so I really like to hear that. That makes me... Um, that makes me excited. I like that. Your tagline for your business is style is a work of art. So what are three <laughs> of your favorite works of art that are in your current collection and why? Part of that is a play on words because of my name, art. Right. It's a work of art. Style. So from me, um, I can show you style. Um, but I, I think color, number one, it, it's, it's something that, that, that you look for. Bold shapes that will something that will stand out. That's why I like larger shapes instead of really small patterns. But sometimes a real small pattern can can look good as well. And things that are engaging enough to start a conversation, conversation pieces. Those are those will be the three things that I would say is a way of creating a style for someone because that's that's how you get noticed. That is an excellent answer. And, you know, a few days ago, I was at Whole Foods and there was a man and his wife standing in front of me. And this man was about in his 70s. I can only see the back of him, but he was dressed so dapper. And it was like Sunday. It was Sunday. So, you don't, they didn't come from church. They was not, they were not coming from church. You could tell, but you can tell that this is kind of like his everyday style. And so, of course, I had to give him a compliment and and we started a conversation. And I mean, he had a hat on that was beautiful hat. You can tell it was a custom made hat. He had this houndstooth double breasted coat that was really long. I mean, and if it just fit him like a glove. And then he had on these pants that I don't even know the fabric art. That's how fabulous they were. It was some fabric that almost had like a sheen to it, but not really a shine. And then his shoes, he had a gray like boot on very clean looking, no embellishment. uh, Right. But it was burnished. So it looked like um, kind of like an ombre effect, but very, very subtle. And I was really impressed with this guy because normally, you know, a man like him, even though he looks great, probably wear like a black shoe. No, this guy really stood out. And um, I complimented him and he immediately said, oh, thank you. But my wardrobe is dated. And I know what he was trying to say. He was trying to say, I've had these pieces for many, many years. 
you know, I emphatically disagreed with him. And I was like, classic, never dates, darling. And he said, you know what? You're right. I say that all this all the time. And then his wife agreed. And, you know, it just got me thinking that transitioning or updating one style can help not to date yourself at any age, but then classic pieces can help you stay relevant no matter what the, right? No matter what the time or age is. So what are your thoughts on this, especially for men that they tend to date themselves quite a lot? Well, you always have to have your classic pieces in your wardrobe. You got to have a great black suit, a great blue suit, a great gray suit. Those, I mean, you've got to have those suits in, 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 in your, in your wardrobe. Got to. Must-haves, right? Um, mm-hmm. you got to be careful with, as you've seen, we've seen the number of buttons change throughout the years, right? <laughs> you know, from a, a very um, well-known comedian uh, talk show host who has had, like, multiple buttons, like 30 buttons, right? right. <laughs> so <laughs> those don't exist anymore. So we, right. we threw those out. But something that sticks around always, a two-button you know, no matter what you see, will come back. It, it may leave, it come back. You know, single buttons are more formal wear. It's going to look more formal wear. So there's some things that you that you got to have in, in in your wardrobe. But I think you also have to have pieces that will deviate from the classic stuff. But you have to mix them in. You know, every now and then, you can't do that on a daily basis, or you will look out of place. And and dated, and you don't want to look that. You want to look like that gentleman did that that you noticed. But when you see, here's what I'm thinking about that that gentleman. When you see someone like that, you want to know their story. Who are you? Yes. Where did you come from? What's your experience that allows you to to, to still have these pieces in your life that you're unafraid to wear even now? So I think. To answer your question, those classic pieces, are, I think, are, are must-haves for your style. But beyond that, mix in a few things that may be fashionable at the time. And then here's my my last thing on that. Fashion is what you make it. You know, fashion, you determine what you feel comfortable. If you are bold enough to do it, like some of the stuff that Cam Newton would do, some of the stuff that some of the others would do, if you're bold enough to do it, it's fashion for you. That doesn't mean that it's going to work for me because everything doesn't work for everyone. But if you're bold enough to do it, go for it. But just have your classic pieces to always fall back on. You're right. Uh, The classic pieces are strong. I agree with you a thousand percent with the color of the suit. Um, I was working with a male client the other day and he he's like, yeah, but I want to look cool. And, um, you know, he was wearing a suit, but he wanted to make the suit look cool. So I was like, yeah, now this is a guy. He's like, I don't want, I don't ever want a name brand, you know, a brand name showing. Like, I don't want Chanel or Gucci. He's like, not that guy at all. So I'm like, okay, there's a way to make you sharp without. And so then I went for the color suit. I need you to get a gray suit or a blue suit. And it doesn't have to be navy, like just a little lighter blue. So he gets the suit. And then I tell him, try this sweater on with this suit, a sweater with a suit. Just listen to me. And then I was like, you need a pocket square. We need a pop of color. Um, Do you have anything lavender? So he has white with like purple. Perfect. Against the blue, it looked lavender. I mean, it was so good. Then he put a belt on and this suit was, it was really a great suit, but the button was not in the front, right? Not like under your belly button. It was to the side, just very well made. I said, no belt, take the belt off. He's like, don't wear a belt. I said, no, because you want people to look at you. It looks so much cleaner. And then I 
purchased a shirt and put it in his closet that hides the buttons. So the way the hidden button lined up with the with the pants was just such perfect. It was so perfect. And he was like, well, well I'm supposed to wear a belt and I don't, you know, I didn't never wear a pocket square. And I was like, you want your style to be elevated, right? This is what we're doing. And he looked so good. And I know he was uncomfortable with the belt off, but it looked better off because it was clean. And I think when you look at a man in a suit, you shouldn't be able to say he's in finance. He's, you know, a banker. He's a real estate guy. You should just be able to say, wow, he's a great looking guy. I wonder what he does. Mm-hmm. And he's sharp. He's sharp. And, and and that was a bold move on your part with the belt, because we feel like we should have a belt on. You know, like now I don't have a belt on, but I've got these jeans on. I don't have a belt on. Today, I felt very much this is my freedom look. You know, I, right. I, I, they were laughing at me at work when I was like, they said, this is the final week. I said, this is freedom week, baby. This is freedom week. <laughs> <laughs> and so so I've got my Kente freedom going today. And that's just how I felt. We were talking to you. I was like, what am I going to wear? Speaking to Eliza, gosh, she's going to look at me like, oh, wait a minute. Let me check him out. And um, and I just said, I'm just going to keep it simple and keep it free. And um you know, because what I would love to have done, I was like, I'm not, I can't dress up and put a suit on for, for her for this. But when I see her in New York, because I will see you in New York at some point, when I see her in New York, I will make sure that I come correct. Because if I'm <laughs> going to be around Eliza, I've got to be around Eliza looking right. So this is my freedom look. And so I think what you did, you probably freed that, that, that man up to allow him to say, no belt, we're covering up your buttons. We're going to put some color in here. Yes, this purple is going to and this white is going to look good on your blue. We're going to make you stand out. When you walk in a room, you are going to be that guy that women turn heads and brothers like, gosh, I wish I had dressed like that today because he's getting all he's getting all of the attention. Yes. Yes. So I need to follow up with him and find out how it went. But yes. And, you know, I just want I I just want to say this, like when I first saw you as we did the podcast, I loved what you had on. You know why? It's not because of what you had on, because I knew that that's you and that you were wearing something you loved. And that's what I appreciate. And I think people have this misconception. So many people do it. And then it makes me feel like, oh, I don't want anybody to feel like that. But people are like, sometimes I see my friends and I'm like, oh my gosh, you look great. And they're like, yes, I wore this for you. And I'm like, no, please don't wear it for me. Wear it for you because I'm not. Oh, so I never want anybody to feel like they're coming to see me and they have to look a certain way. Like I'm not this person who's, you know, I'm always well put together, but I'm not giving you a fashion moment every day. But Eliza, it's a compliment to you when people say that they're not really saying they wore it for you. They wore it because they wanted to make sure that you would be approving of what they look at because you know what style is. You know what a wardrobe is supposed to look like. So it's a compliment to your style and your grace and your expertise, not, you know, that they felt bad, but they just wanted to make sure, gosh, will she be approving of this? Because I know if she is, then I've done right. That's what that means. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. And it, I do appreciate it. Like I do appreciate it. When, um, when I go away with my best friend and her husband, the funny thing is that if we have like reservations to a dinner place, whoever, like whoever we're traveling with, and then we come, we usually are in the same house. So then everybody comes out with a look and it's like, Oh, well, look at you. Oh, well, so we get dressed for each other because it's like, 
Nobody else is going to appreciate my outfit or the work I put into it. So we all get dressed for each other. And then we're all happy when we go out because we, you know, we feel like we look good. We're happy people. So it's a lot of fun. It's fun getting dressed up for each other. I will say that, you know, just to appreciate. You talk about that. I'm going to ask you a question about this because my yes. third older sister, Pat, was immaculate in the way she would set her, her clothes out. The night before she was set up, she knew exactly what she wanted to wear Everything was pressed to the nine. She had everything laid out, the colors, the style, everything she wanted. She had the hair done. She went to school looking amazing. Most beautiful. My sister was amazing, amazing the way she looked. Is that something that you've always done? Did you plan for the next day what I'm going to look like, what I'm planning to wear? Is that something that was a part of your your, your process? Yes. When I was a kid, yes, it was. I would plan out the night before what I was wearing so that when I got up in the morning, I know exactly what I was wearing. Of course, as I evolved, I I did that in my 20s and I probably did that in my 30s. But then when I started really making this a career for myself, there were different things I learned. And so now one thing that I do is I work out of a certain amount of clothing and everything that's interchangeable. And so I'll know what I like to wear. And sometimes I have things that I like to wear a lot because I just love them. That's why. So, and I don't care about being a repeat offender. If I love this, I'm wearing it. I try not to wear it the same way. I try to make wear it in a different way because then I get to enjoy it more. That's why. And because I don't have like, okay, so this is one outfit. So it has to stick like this. And so even when I tell people work out of this um, capsule wardrobe collection, I tell them, are you mixing it up? Because I don't want them to feel like, no, well, she said I have to wear this. So then I should know I want you to have fun with it. That's the whole purpose. So yeah. So I, I, yes, I did used to do that. And, and I loved doing that. I did. I was like a little a weirdo, but I have a niece who the only person in my family, she's the only, and none of her parents have, I love them to death. They are my they're my family, but they say it themselves. They say the style gene missed us. It didn't hit us. But my niece, since she was like five years old, she'll say, Eliza, come into my room and I'll go into her room. And I'm looking at her like, what is she doing? She's taking out clothing from her drawer in her closet and she's laying out outfits on the carpet. And she lays out three outfits and she says, which one should I wear to school tomorrow? And we're like, we all look at each other and they're like, that's all you. That's all you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so jeans, jeans skip around. So they don't always go from the next generation. They can skip to the another generation and they can spread out as well. So she probably has some of those same characteristics, same characteristics that you have, she has in her. The other part of that is though, you lay it out and then you wake up and you feel a different way. And so now you've got to change what you wear. I don't feel like that today. I need mm-hmm. to change and do something else. That happened too, right? Well, yeah, but there was an excitement, okay, when you knew what you were wearing the next day. At least for me, it was. Especially if I was like, okay, I'm going to school. Who am I going to see today? Who am I going to hang out with today? And I was very meticulous with my clothing. And so because I didn't have a lot of clothes and and I didn't have all the popular things that all the other kids had. So I really had to work harder to make my stuff work so that you wouldn't notice I didn't have the most popular, you know, right? The most popular brands or whatever, because my, my dad was like, I'm not buying that for you. So, um, but my dad had great style. So when he did buy things for me, he bought 
things that were great style, but I didn't want that. I didn't want my own individual style. I wanted to look like everybody else with my Mm -hmm. own flair, but I wanted to fit in more than anything else. And so, yes, while I always had my own style, I wanted to fit in. And of course, as I grew up, I didn't care about fitting in. I cared about dressing for myself. So does that answer your question? (laughs) <laughs> that that does both of them. Thank you for allowing me to um, interject. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you, thank you for asking me a question. Um, now, when it comes going back to you, I noticed that the ties and pocket squares you wear are like they make bold statements and they're vibrant colors, and I love that because I mean they look great with your skin, they look great with your suits. So, with your line, the Art Franklin collection, do you walk clients through a custom experience? When they come we do. in, ah. we do, we do. Fortunately, for the ties, they're, they're fabrics and colors that I select. That I that I already that's my style. So here's what I found: people now come to me. They text pictures to me. I got one. I got it. I got an Art Franklin tie. I got so they're they're mm-hmm. excited to get the ties that they think that I like. So the tie experience is it's all about what I like. Same thing with bow ties and the pocket squares. Now the suit, that's where it becomes more custom. That's where you, you come in. And right now, Trey Washington, who's the tailor who I connected with to pull all of this together, he will walk you through that whole experience, take you through, you know, what the sleeves are like, what the buttons are like, what the inseam is like, everything that, that you should have, um, how that suit is contoured to your body, how long that jacket should be and how, how tight it should be even, uh, especially in this day and age uh, for some people. The pants, you know, what that pants experience, whether it's flats, whether you're going to have pleats in them, what what kind of um, button holes you're going to have and, and where your belt, the belt loops, what they're going to look like. Everything is custom to what works for you. You know, uh, one thing that you said that I'm just so glad you said this, Art. You talked about the buttons and the length of the suit jacket. That is so vital. That's so important. And I know exactly what you were talking about. And, you know, the length of a jacket, if it's too long, even if you're a tall guy, it dates you. The three buttons date you. I always (laughs) tell my male clients, Two buttons if you have to, but I prefer one button because it will the it's a classic style, so it's going to last longer in your closet. And you're if you're investing in a good suit, I want you to invest in a great suit. So make it be a suit that's going to live in your closet, a good, you know, have a good life shelf in your closet. And Eliza, this good you you suggest that and recommend that because that jacket is gonna lay differently too. That jacket is just gonna contour to your chest. And it's going to lay and it's going to reflect, you know, your traps. If you have some, you know, your shoulders will stand out. That one button jacket will make you look like a million dollars and you don't even have to spend a million dollars. That is, I'm so glad you said that. Yes, well done. It is a game changer. And to hear it from me is one thing, but to hear it from you is something else. This is what you do. You're a man, you're a very well-dressed man, right? You have a collection, you know what you're doing. So I'm glad that they hear it from you too. I see, and I'm, I'm wondering if you've noticed this, but I see a lot. The brooch or lapel pin is a huge accessory for men right now, especially a brooch. And I'm not mad at it at 
all because guys with style really know how to pull it off. And you're right. It's not for everybody. Like the client I was talking about, super handsome, super young, very fit, but I would not do that to him. He's not that guy. And the whole thing is you want to be yourself. So, um, do you think that any man can wear this accessory? I don't think any man can wear it. I think it it, it is something that is for a specific type of guy. I don't think I do well in it. You know, I'll be honest. You know, I and but I have an ex partner in terms of my business partner in Atlanta, and he does them, and he does them well, and 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 he specializes in 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 the approach, and he specializes in in the in having material to make it look good. And it's that material where you can change up the colors and do some other things with. And I just don't like it when it's too much. I like it. If you're going to do it, you know, it, it has to be a little classic piece that complements what you're wearing, but not something that's going to take all the attention away from everything else that you have on. So I, I, I don't think it's for everyone. Just like I don't think everything fits everyone. There are certain things that I cannot wear. And if you got a little bit of a gut, you might want to change, you know, form fitting stuff, you know. So you, you've yeah. got to be aware of what your body type is like. You've got to be aware of even, um, you know, the, 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 the shape of your face, and, and how that fits with the type of suit that you or shirt that you're wearing. So I think mm-hmm. all of those things have to be considered when you're talking about what style I'm going to represent or what style represents me in order for it to look good. Because you can throw in a lot of things that may be stylish on someone else and on you, it looks a mess. So we can't just do it because it's, it looks good on someone else. Agreed. Agreed. Um, what are five staple pieces you think every man should own for the spring or summer? Five staple pieces for the spring or summer. Um, I think, um, obviously, a, a, a crew neck shirt, you know, um, that brings attention to, you know, your chest line so that when you're out and about and, and you know, women are looking at, at, at you, they, they notice, you know, some of your physical attributes there. I think a polo, polo style shirt is important to have that you're comfortable, that you can dress it up or you can dress it down make it look good for you. Show off some legs, some nice shorts. You know, I think it's important to to have people. Something else is a great white linen because you're going to a white party at some point and a nice, comfortable shoe that is going to be maybe something that it's almost like a a, a boot, uh, like a um, ship, something that you wear if you were going boating that you can be really comfortable with. These are things that wherever you go, you can be comfortable in, you can dress up, you can dress down, but um, you've got to be comfortable for the summer. That's what I, I just think you got to be nice, mm-hmm. free, and cool. One, can I add a six piece? Please, please. A, a six piece would be a nice fedora. I think it would be great to have so that you can really stand out from the crowd. Yes, I like that. I like the fedora. And I like that men are really exploring with hats more. I just think that that's awesome. It's such a great accessory. So yeah, I like that. And I think what you mean is some kind of a loafer, just something that is clean looking, um, has a little bit of structure and is comfortable. Because yes, the unstructured is exactly right. very fast. So, yeah. and that's not, a loafer is not something you're going to put shoe trees in. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've known because I shop for men. So I've noticed that men's footwear is changing to more feminine looking styles. And I, I, I want you to, to 
oblige me on your own personal time. But if you can look at like a Neiman and Marcus or something, I just want you to look in the shoe section of the men because you're going to be a little bit alarmed. Like, wait, am I in the men's section, shoe section, or am I in the woman's shoe section? And so I guess my question is, how do you think that's going to affect men's classic style in the future? Because, you know, the clothing and the shoes, it is evolving. You know, people are like, they're like, well, I'm not wearing men's clothing or I like men's clothing, whatever it is. Do you think men's classic style is fading or is going to be affected because of these new styles? I think that may work for um, a certain breed of men, but I don't think that in general, I think the classic stuff is always there. One thing is, you know, the, the width of our feet uh, <laughs> requires us to have a certain style shoe and you can't get too um, feminine like in terms of the structure of the shoe, if you're going to make it smaller, that won't be comfortable. And something that's not comfortable is not something that will last. So I, I think that the classic stuff will always be there. We'll re- if it, You may have some Neiman Marcus trying to push some things, but doors push things all the time that don't last. They, they come out with a style, it fades, it, it's a fad, it goes by, and the, and the real stuff returns. You cannot stop authenticity and stop classic. It's always going to return. Nice. Nice. Very well said. As This is my last question. As a designer, for men, what would you like to see more of for men? For men, I would like to see more color. Um, that's that's my area. I, I, I love color. And I think that I just want people not to be afraid to get away from the standards, the blacks, the grays, the blues, but also add in your purples, greens, even some orange here and there, and just, and some yellow. You know, there are times when you've got to step out and, and, and make some statements. Just don't go too crazy. You can't do, if you're going to show some color up top, you got to keep it, you know, toned down below. You just can't walk out looking like, you know, a crayon. So you've got to make sure you pop, colors used for pop, colors not used to just to, to envelop the entire, um, fashion that you have on for the day is only used for pop. But I, I like to see more color, Eliza. That's what I like. Yeah, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. And actually, I've been seeing it. And I live in New York City, as you know. So I see it a lot. And I have to tell you, and I really mean this, the men are bringing it. The men are bringing it so much that dare I say, and I will say it, that they're representing sometimes a little better than the women out here on the streets. And I appreciate that very much because sometimes it's a woman behind them saying, listen, you know, step it up, whatever. But sometimes it's not. And I've been seeing a lot of couples that are looking great. And so, and I really appreciate that. That's so nice. So I'm seeing the color here. It's out here. The colors are out here. The hats are out here. They're just owning their style men of all ages, which makes me even more happy. It's like, come on. Like, you know, I have a friend of mine who he is, he's a very stylish New York guy. And he's like, you know, I just don't want my style to get old. I'll never let it. He said, I'm going to age gracefully, which he is, but he doesn't let his style age. And so he's really having fun with it. Um, His wife, she has fun with it, you know, and so many men come up to him all the time. You know, where'd you get this? Where'd you? And he's just so happy to talk shop, um, style shop. And I think that yeah. that's awesome. I think we are in a great place and it really makes me happy to see that. And that's great to hear, but they should always understand that be a classic man. 
be a classic man. Classic man with a touch of style and you will always stand out. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yes, I agree with that a thousand percent because with women, it's different, right? With Uh-oh. women, you don't have to be classic. You, you know, no. I, for me, there's always classic in my wardrobe because that's just who I am. There's always some element of classic, but with women, we can go so many different ways, but with men, it's yeah. got to be clean and classic. You're absolutely right. That is the way to stay in vogue. And yeah, you're right. It's the best way to represent your authentic self. So thank you for saying that. You, it was so much fun talking to you, Art. It was so much fun talking to you, Art. I, if I lived in the city, I'd be bringing my clients to your store and say, hey, you got to check out Art. He'll walk you through the suit process. Just go go over there. It, it has been a ball. I I look forward to seeing you in person. I look forward to more of what you're doing. And thank you for being who you are, because really you are changing lives when when you can make a person feel good about what they wear and step outside of their comfort zone and then rediscover things about them that they did not know. And that's what you do. Then you are changing lives. So thank you, Eliza for changing lives with style and fashion. Thank you, Art. That's just going to ring. I'm going to let that carry me all week. Emmy Award (laughs) journalist (laughs) Art Franklin told me, so I'm just going to ride that wave. Art, please tell people where they can find you, where they can find your store. Tell them about your online store. I want them to get to know you. My online store, Eliza, is easy. It's artfranklin.com. Artfranklin.com is where you can find out information about me there. Uh, Please follow me on Twitter at TheArtFranklin, TheArtFranklin on Twitter. And on Instagram, I'm ArtQ, A-R-T-Q-U-E, because I'm a strong Omega man. 45-year Omega man. I've been an Omega Sci-Fi for 45 years. Just celebrated that last month. And you can find me on Facebook as well. I'm simply Art Franklin on, on Facebook. So that's where you can find me. And we've got some new things happening. And I want to I want to do a Art Franklin signature, his and hers one day. So I may be calling you, Eliza, to get some input. Sure. Anytime. I love that idea. That's a great idea. Thank you for coming on again, everybody. Art Franklin, Emmy Award winner. You can find him and stalk him, (laughs) stalk his style on the internet. Thank you again for coming by. And guys, if you have any questions or comments, please leave your comments on Instagram at Wardrobe Boss and at Wardrobe Boss Podcast on Instagram. Comment, like, bring a friend. We'll see you next time. And we really hope you learned something because it's so important for me to be bring guests like this, like Art, who is just really at the top of his game on everything. And then I hope that some men got something from this because this is not only for my women. This is for my men, too. I support my men, my manly men. I'm right here for y'all. So nobody forgot about you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us. Until we meet next time, Wardrobe Boss Podcast. Thank you for stopping by. Wardrobe Boss is hosted and produced by Eliza Perilla. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Wardrobe Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Wardrobe Boss is a mean old line media production.